It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 110. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're thrilled to be talking Gopher women's basketball and Big Ten women's basketball in episode 110, and two of the voices of Big Ten women's basketball teams will be with us. First, our very own Justin Gard, the radio voice of Gopher women's basketball, will join us to talk about the Gopher women's season, injury-plagued as it is. We'll also get his insight on the Big Ten women's basketball tournament we'll talk a little men's hoops and hear about his own podcast this week where athletic director mark coyle was a guest and then we'll shift things south as the man who's had the best view in the house throughout caitlin clark's run at iowa is rob brooks he's the radio voice of hawkeye women's basketball he'll tell us what the caitlin clark effect has been like describing for all of these years we'll preview the big 10 women's tourney next week and much more both brooksy and Garzi are football sideline reporters for minnesota and iowa as well our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union also supports the Go Gopher podcast. Life math is complicated, and Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union makes it easier with local financial experts available to help in person or virtually. Learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have an award-winning mobile app as well, so check that out. We're podcasting episode 110 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to do so. You can go back and listen to past podcasts as well. Last week, for example, we had a great conversation with Gopher standout freshman basketball player Cam Christie. It's well worth the listen, so if you haven't heard it, go back and listen. This episode, we're talking Gopher women's basketball. First, Justin Gard will join me next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utech, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Episode number 110 starts off with a visit with Justin Gard, Gopher women's basketball announcer, also Gopher sideline reporter and sidekick on the afternoon show on KFAN. He also hosts the Gopher podcast. This is the Go Gopher podcast. He has the Gopher podcast, not to be confused. Both outstanding podcast. And, JG, uh, good to have you on the show. How are you? So much amazing Gopher content for everybody. There's just an abundance of great Gopher content. What a great time to be a Gopher fan with a pair of podcasts like you and I have. Yeah, no no, no doubt about it. Um, I want to ask you about Gopher women, but um, as long as we're on the topic of the podcast, you had Mark Coyle on, on your podcast this week. Uh, you can go to gophersports.com or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, interesting conversation. Of course, he has a new contract uh, talking about a bunch of things. Uh, give me a thumbnail sketch of your conversation. I'd actually just prefer if everybody downloaded it and listened to it themselves. I'd rather not give the cliff notes for you. Uh, no, it was uh, it was interesting. I, I thought, well, the two highlights for me, I guess, if there were two, 
number one, how open he was about the UCLA weekend with the head football coach, PJ Fleck, basically saying, yeah, I talked to him on Friday night. I talked to him on Saturday morning. I was in touch with our board of regents. I was in touch with our interim president and we were all trying to make sure that everybody was on the same page and we want to keep our football coach. And it was such a weird time to have an opening for UCLA with Chip Kelly going to, um, you know, to Ohio state as a coordinator that it would have been a really weird time, as he said, to even look for a, a new head coach. Obviously he's got his list. He's got his contacts. He would have, I'm sure found somebody within a week or two, but it was a, so I thought that was interesting that you know, he talked about that it was a real thing that they were working through. And at the end of the weekend, at the end of that 24 hours, PJ flex sending out the tweet, which he rarely does that. He's excited about being the gopher football coach. And that was that. So that was headline. Number one, headline number two was the Williams arena stuff that, he more or less said, we don't want to tear it down. I, I don't, we're not tearing it down anytime soon. We're just taking a look at what might be feasible. And so you and I have talked about Williams Arena forever. I think people know my, my feelings on it generally, but I thought it was interesting that he was able to say, we're not doing anything right away. We're going to look at some stuff and we're obviously going to try to communicate all of our different options as this thing goes on. So he didn't seem like they were in any hurry to do anything. The building what is it? 94 years old at the moment, 90, something like that. I can't, we can't remember exactly 96, maybe. Um, so they got some time. I'm sure they probably want to get it to a hundred and then try to figure some stuff out there. But those were, I think my two headlines from the conversation, certainly the PJ flex stuff was interesting. No question. I also thought that he was pretty bold and I think accurate in his assessment that this gopher basketball team, the men now will be a top 25 team next year. That got a lot of people's attention. And, you know, I trust him because, you know, before you know, he is on the basketball committee, which is the other thing that we talked about. And he sees a lot of teams in person, whether it's in the tournament or whether it's when he's traveling around for his job as it goes on. And even before we hit record, he had a pretty good handle on where, you know, he kind of thought they were in relation to some other NCAA tournament teams and what he thinks the difference is between where they are now and where they need to go. But I did, I did think that was – pretty fascinating and by the way i think probably right yep. i mean i think when you think about how old they would be how experienced they would be and how talented they would be i, I don't think that's going out on any kind of limb now the limb is and i even got some texts from some other people in the business saying good luck bringing everybody back in 2024 although i do think i do agree with what what he said you know that this group and you're around them a lot more it does seem like they all enjoy each other it does seem like they all enjoy playing together it does seem like They've got a good vibe, whether it is the warrior belt stuff that they've started or just the, the the chemistry stuff that they started in the summer. It does seem like they all like playing together. But so hopefully they can keep everybody together, because I do think that's the reason why they brought some of these multi-year guys in with the idea that they would have them for a few years. So I think that's the exciting part of it, if they can keep them all together. Agreed. Yeah, totally agree. And that the, um, of course, when when some of those guys committed as transfers, the coaches were happy because you had a multi year, and they normally wouldn't be able to transfer again. But with with things going on in the courtroom now, it sounds like you're going to have a free agent market every right. year for every player, and you know all kinds of stuff, which is another podcast for an hour some other time. Um, of course, you're the voice of Gopher women's basketball, and boy, injuries have sure short circuited what was going to be it looked like a real promising season in year one for coach Don Plitzelwhite and you're around it all the time um, it, it really stinks that uh, you know two starters are injured including the star player uh, what's what's kind of this last six weeks been like now trying to fight through that and being around the team 
for me, it's been a lot of reminiscing to when they were 14 and four and a strong six or seven seed in the NCAA tournament. It was, I think, a Sunday afternoon, Saturday or Sunday in January, where they beat Michigan State at the barn and I think held them to 50 points, something like that. Michigan State scores in the 80s. And I think the lowest point total they had up until that point, I want to say was 67. So I think they held them to 52. And everybody played great. It was a great victory. You know, Michigan State's net at the time was like top 20. So it was a huge quad one win. And you're sitting there thinking they're 14 and four and they're going to be safely in the NCAA tournament just if they kind of hold water the rest of the way. And, to, you know, you lose Mara Braun, who was on her way to an all Big Ten season, averaging 18 points a game, everything that she does for them defensively. Uh, it's just a it's just a bummer. I mean, that's the only real word buzzkill, depressing, deflating, because they were on the way to what would have been a really nice year one for Don Plitzelite. And I don't know if it's like this on the men's side, Grimmer, but I haven't looked at it that closely. But why I think it really would have been impressive is because every team in the Big Ten, essentially, except Minnesota and Wisconsin, have three or four fifth year seniors a couple of grads in their starting lineup. You've got some people that have been there six years. Like Minnesota has none of that. I mean, Mallory Heyer right now leads them in career starts at like 57. She would have been starter when it comes to games started. Like it's just, there's, they're so young compared to a really old big 10. And so that's why it's depressing because that would have been a really nice first year for Dawn, a really nice second year for a lot of these players, the, the core four for Minnesota. And it's just been disappointing because you look at the big 10 standings down. I don't have them right in front of me, but Let's say you know Nebraska's fourth. Gophers beat Nebraska. Michigan State's fifth. Gophers beat Michigan State. Michigan, I think, is sixth now. Gophers beat them in Ann Arbor and ran away from them in the second half. And Michigan's the only team that has beaten the Big Ten champ, Ohio State, this year. So they were a good team. I mean, they were an easy top half of the Big Ten team before Mara got hurt. And then you throw in the last handful of games, they're starting center, Sophie Hart. That's That was probably the one position where they didn't have a ton of established depth with starting to, you know, now you're starting a true freshman there at the center and Nehemiah Holloway comes in, who's very undersized for that position. And so you're just kind of stuck. So kind of reminds me Grimmer of our November in football when we had all those injuries and you just kind of knew you were, you were going up. It was a, the deck was stacked against you when you started to play. And that wasn't the way that it was, you know, just what, six, seven weeks ago when they were you know, receiving votes or, or, you know, injuries is the one thing you can't control. And it was a freak injury for Mara with just, you know, landing on someone's foot or having someone land on her foot at Illinois. That was it. Her season was done basically right there. So just a disappointing, uh, just, just a disappointing way to finish what really was a strong start um, just six weeks ago. Yeah. And now of course, uh, to, to make uh, any kind of postseason, you'd have to win the big 10 tournament. In, any indication if uh, Mara Braun has a chance to play or is, do you think she's shut down at this point? I think for Big Ten tournament, it would still be a little bit too soon. I think their thought was if they could get into some type of postseason. And, you know, there's a million tournaments now. You just have to be able to qualify for them. There's the WBIT, which is now kind of, I think, the second tournament that has replaced the WNIT, which also still exists. (laughs) So there's a lot of spots for people if they want to continue their season. And I would think they put 10, 12 games without their full squad. So that's that would be my hunch. But Big Ten tournament, I think, would be a little bit premature. The injury that she had, you know, it seemed like I don't don't quote me directly on the timeline, but it was like a six to eight to ten week recovery, you know, just kind of depending on how everything went. So it's kind of what I think the timeline was indefinitely was how they, they wanted to phrase it. Just kind of you know, sniffing around a little bit and trying to figure out exactly what the possibilities might be. 
seemed like postseason would have been a possibility, but not necessarily a Big Ten tournament. So I think that'd be a little bit premature. Well, uh, second straight year, Minneapolis is hosting the Big Ten tournament. First time in tourney history. It's a pre-event sellout. Obviously, there's a Caitlin Clark effect with that. Um, How much are you looking forward to having your hometown host that tournament again? Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah, it's um, and like you said, the vibe of it is what has been awesome the last couple of years because there are a lot of Caitlin Clark fans, and the cool thing is there's a lot of Ohio State fans. They've been great the last few years. Indiana's obviously been great the last few years. Um, There's a lot of loyalty when it comes to the the women's basketball side of people that want to show out and show up, and so yeah, this is going to be and certainly with the backdrop, Clark made it official that she is going to be done after this year, which to me was the only logical answer. I know. I know you and I both have relatives in Iowa that were somehow holding out hope that they were going to, uh, she was going to come back for a fifth year. I'm not exactly sure why uh, she's not taking a pay cut, which is also one of my favorite uh, stupid takes that I hear. Um, oh, wow. Wow. She's taking a pay cut. Yeah. That, she's taking a pay cut to go play professional sport. I don't think all States going away. Um, so to have that in the backdrop of, you know, this week is pretty interesting. And truthfully, you know, they're in third place right now in the big 10 Ohio States, number one, Indiana's number two, and Iowa, I think, is going to be the third seed. So we know last year they turned it into Carver-Hawkeye North, as they like to call it, and they ended up winning the Big Ten tournament on their way to the title game. But with the fact that these are going to be her, you know, her final month now in the in the Iowa uniform, I think does add a different element for everybody that's enjoyed watching her play college basketball because it has been, it really has been, especially the last year and a half, um, an unbelievable thing to watch and witness. Well, you have one more, a regular season game Sunday at Penn State. Enjoy that trip, and then we'll see you at the Target Center next week. I will, and I'll see you for the men the following. Very I'm good. excited Can't... to have the men here, and I can just watch and not have to work. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the beauty of it. That's how you usually go through life, watching, not working. see ya see ya jerry g thank you sir more of the go gopher podcast is on the way right now we want to talk about affinity plus your local credit union proudly serving minnesota since 1930 if you're a current gopher student or a proud gopher alum you're eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first you can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide including one right off campus in minneapolis on university avenue to learn more or find other ways to connect visit affinityplus.org slash go gophers that's affinityplus.org slash go gophers affinity plus federal credit union federally insured by ncua and a proud supporter of gopher athletics and a proud sponsor of the go gopher podcast episode 110 rolls on and it's our pleasure to welcome to the go gopher podcast the voice of iowa women's basketball he also serves as the sideline reporter for iowa football rob brooks rob good to a chat with you thanks for joining us no appreciate it always good to talk to you mike yeah you and i go back i was figuring out probably just short of 30 years uh, you and i working together on high school football games and such back in the great state of iowa yeah good old uh, kingston stadium you're right uh, thir- our 30 year anniversary coming up right? yeah yeah no doubt about it 100 percent. well you have had a front row seat to one of the greatest runs in basketball history not just women's basketball history uh talking in regard to just the effect the uh, sensational following of it, the growth of the sport with Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, calling each and every one of her shots, her passes, her rebounds, all these triple doubles. Uh, just in general, Rob, what has that experience been like for you here uh, going on, uh, you know, wrapping up year four here in the next uh, month or so? Well, you kind of go back to her freshman year and uh, obviously very 
heavily recruited out of um, West Des Moines. And uh, you kind of watched previous to that how hard the staff worked at um, recruiting an in-state kid. And um, really, Mike, not thinking they were going to get her. Uh, she could have gone uh, pretty much anywhere in the country, was going to stay within the Midwest just because wanted to make sure her family and the friends could come watch her play on a regular basis. And I uh, kind of thought that, well, maybe Notre Dame was uh, the front runner, but uh, Iowa stayed with it. And um, Coach Bluter finally got that call that uh, she was coming. And you know, obviously the excitement was there, but she never could predict uh, what was uh, going to come in a couple of years. And you know, I go back to a game her sophomore year at uh, Michigan, and it was uh, right in the middle of conference play, kind of uh, late January. And Iowa had a couple of injuries to two starters. Michigan was in the top five in the league and was down over 20 points going into the fourth quarter. At Michigan, they were in the top five in the country. And, you know, I think most teams, okay, well, not our day. Let's just regroup, get home, get everybody healthy, and, and move on. Well, she came across the timeline about a step and fired a half-court shot. I mean, right at the start of the fourth quarter and swished it and did it again and then went around a couple of players and knocked down a traditional three-pointer, got to the basket. All of a sudden, basically one on five, Iowa pulls to within five. Now, Michigan did win the game, but she scored 25 points in 10 minutes. <laughs> and then that's where I thought, okay, this this has some teeth. This has some strength going forward. And then obviously um, the last two years have been, um, you know, something I, I'll certainly never see again. Yeah, it's been remarkable. I remember that game too in the sense that um, that was maybe the that was maybe the first time national highlight shows, whether it be Sports Center or even social media channels, where people are like, "Look, did you see this? Did you see what this girl?" Right. Did? And all of a sudden, people started paying attention, and maybe that was the foundation of this Caitlin Clark mania, so to speak. Um, and and then I thought it took obviously another level last year in the run through the NCAA made it to the championship game, had those huge record-setting crowds up here in Minneapolis at the Big Ten Tournament, and you know the rest is history, as they say. Um, so I have to tell a story. Back uh, Way back in the day, we had, um, we had a couple of guys in our athletic department who were basketball managers for North Carolina back when Michael Jordan played, and they used to tell the story about how they'd have to, even then, Michael Jordan, when he was at North Carolina, down in Tobacco Road, ACC country, was, was a pretty big deal, and they would have to kind of smuggle him in because people be waiting outside uh, the arena talking even like for a shoot around or a, or a, or a practice um, they put him in duffel bags or whatever to get him inside so people didn't you know try to track him down I, I don't think I've heard any of those stories but what has it been like you travel with the team um, and the crowds I mean you see uh, crowds lined up hours before games for the Hawkeye women as they get set to play whoever. Even the other night up here in Minnesota, you were here to call that game a record, another record setter for her in a couple of different ways. But the Gopher student section uh, is general admission. So guess what? All those students waited in the cold outside. Um, one, do you have any stories like that? And two, what part, or, you know, what has that part of it been like for you to kind of observe and watch and be witness to? Yeah, every, every single trip, and um, it has certainly grown throughout the season. And, and you're right, you go back to December, uh, Wisconsin, normally maybe 2,500, less than 3,000 people, sold out Kohl's Center, 
uh, one o'clock tip on a Sunday afternoon, everything pretty much general admission outside of season ticket holders at 830 in the morning. They are wrapped around the coal center. It's 27 degrees <laughs> and people waiting uh, to explode into the arena. And when you knew like this year that it was going to be like that, because you're right, uh, there's people lingering at the hotel. Uh, you have to kind of go to a side entrance, um, police presence uh, pretty much everywhere. There's actually now an advanced uh, police crew that uh, goes and uh, takes care of business at the hotel, uh, goes and talks to the stadium personnel. This is what we have to do. This is the door we're going to come into. And this is how we've got to you know, protect the court. And, you know, this is where she's going to sign, where she's not going to sign. And just kind of go through all of that, almost like um, a, a political rally where a, a president would uh, have an advanced team. That's kind of where it's it's gotten to the point. And where I really first noticed it was in Charlotte had played in that uh, tip off uh, early November. And you drive down downtown Charlotte, you know, NFL city, NBA city. And you look up and there's a billboard with Caitlin Clark on it and (laughs) University of Iowa, Virginia Tech tonight. And that was sold out people all over the hotel in, in a major metropolitan area with a, a women's college basketball game and there's this type of hype and feel. And then it obviously has continued, uh, you know, in Florida and Iowa played down in there in November. It was there. It's obviously been all over the big 10, but it is uh, the best one was at um, I think Nebraska, you're very familiar with that Haymarket area. Yeah. Had to be five or 600 people at the hotel had to rope off a certain area of the lobby to get the team out on the bus and then um, basically it was like a parade to Pinnacle Bank Arena. Down the Haymarket area, people just lined both streets, both sides of the street. And then there's that bridge, that overpass right next to the arena, all full of Hawkeye fans with signs and, and chanting, let's go Hawks, and finally get into the arena. And um, it's just been like that every single place. And you know, you, you think about the weight that is on her and this team, you know, to perform every night because it's almost like it's not necessarily a game, but it's a show. I mean, with people there to see her number one and see a good basketball team, but uh, make no mistake, they're there to check out number 22. Yeah. It's been amazing. I texted you a picture. We were the Gopher men were up in Ann Arbor uh, in January and uh, the students were on break there. So it wasn't a huge crowd Uh, and down courtside down in front of us, you know, where the radio were, were up a ways fine spot. It's, you know, nice, good space and I'm looking down and I see uh, a black number 22 jersey sitting courtside at the Minnesota Michigan men's game so I got my phone out and zoomed in and sure enough it said Caitlin you know it was Clark on the back and it was a jersey a guy had it was a guy an older guy gray-haired guy had a long sleeve black shirt and then a Caitlin Clark Hawkeye basketball jersey over that sitting courtside at the Minnesota Michigan men's game I texted you that picture we're all like how you know what what it's like Elvis Presley all of a sudden here right I mean it is crazy well you're right, Mike. And another good story, we um, went out to Rutgers early um, and wanted to take the team down to a, a Broadway show two nights before the game. Uh, did that. So we're we're in line to get into the Broadway show. And all of a sudden, people are walking down Times Square. Well, there's Caitlin Clark. There's Caitlin Clark. There's the Iowa basketball team. So people are coming up and asking her for autograph. 
get into the to the show and the same thing. She goes and sits down and you can hear people whispering, hey, there's Caitlin Clark over there. <laughs> Iowa must must be in town. Hey, this is New York City. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And you mentioned the, the burden that must be on her shoulders to produce every night. And man, I'm telling you, outside of what, maybe a game or two where her shot's been off a little, she still produces in other ways with assist and rebounding and and this and that. I, I have used this analogy a couple times in uh, with other athletes, <clears throat> sometimes and um it's a i stole it from the great mike shannon the cardinals announcer back in the day when mark mcguire seemingly was hitting a home run every night and shannon would always say he's treating them like santa claus meaning every christmas it doesn't matter santa claus shows up and produces and caitlin clark's kind of like this year's version of santa claus here it's a good point because uh, you're right uh, the shot's not there every single night but um hasn't been three for 20 yeah. Or uh, four for 25. It's been uh, pretty good 95% of the time. And you kind of think about that. I mean, every single night. Okay. Well, they're not only do I got to kind of, you know, help this team win in really tough road conditions and, you know, Hey, they're here to see me. I want to, I want to play well. You know, I want to hit some logo threes. I want to make some spectacular passes just to kind of, Make sure that the crowd's into it. And to do that each and every night is uh, mentally tough for anybody, but especially uh, a 22-year-old kid. And I think the fact that she's made her decision and uh, is now moved forward, and I'm sure she made it a a week or two ago, but you could tell these last two games with the freedom uh, that this team has played with and her up at Minnesota on Wednesday, I mean, the start of that game was as good as you're ever going to see. I don't care what level of basketball you're talking about. And uh, she was locked in. You could just tell that freedom, uh, that weight had kind of been lifted off her shoulders and also the team. Were you um, surprised or what was your thought? Did you have a hunch that she would be going WNBA? I did. Um, that was always my gut feeling. Didn't really have anything to base it on. And you know that you know, those are tough decisions because both of them are good and i think from a competitive standpoint being a competitor you want to play with the best there's nothing more to accomplish uh, she's uh, taken the university of iowa to to places that nobody ever thought were possible and she's broken every single record in the four years uh, you remember back in the day when you know four years was a normal college career not <laughs> six or seven or five and three or four different schools. I mean, what else can you do? And um, I think with all the scrutiny and, you know, what she's got to go through off the court and the demands on her time, it's, it's the right move. She's a competitive person and competitive people want to go play with the best. I know there was a, a university of Alabama golfer that a month ago won a PGA tour event. Well, you know, there's no really reason to go back and play in the SEC championship, is there? Or uh, some week tournament, weekly tournament at uh, Texas Tech. You go, you go yeah. play with the best, and that's so uh, what he has done, and that's what she should do. Yeah, and in in her case too, you've got the um, uh, marketing part where she can help grow the WNBA. It's right. I think the WNBA is right on that verge of where the growth is going to start to come, and she can be, you know, part of that foundational 
piece of it as well. And then you also look at the fact that um, I noticed yesterday she made the announcement as we record this on Friday, she made the announcement on Thursday. And within five minutes, the Indiana Fever, who have the first picker tweeting out there, here's our season ticket number. Here's our web page to buy season tickets. And I'm sure they had some sales based on that. And that's the that's the impact that um, she is going to continue to have. How do you think her game, by the way, will translate to the next level? And I don't know how big of a WNBA mind you are or how much you've watched, but what do you think in terms of her game translating? Uh, very well. Uh, I don't think she'll she'll have any problem. Uh, it'll be obviously faster and quicker, like um, anything else on the next level, but she can do so many things. I, she's not going to pull up from half court or <laughs> you know knock down logo threes in the midst of an offense, I wouldn't think. But uh, her passing ability and just how fast she is, um, I don't. If you've watched her on TV, it doesn't really translate sometimes uh, to what uh, you see in person up close. But she's a very good athlete. Was an outstanding soccer player growing up, and um, the way that she handles the ball. I mean, who wouldn't want to play with her? I mean, yeah. she she can really uh, deliver the basketball. She's a terrific rebounder. Her defense has gotten much better, and uh, she's got long arms. She's wide, so I mean, she can. Um, she can play the game, and she's played it at, at a high level all the way through. And um, you know what she did as a freshman playing against uh, seniors in the Big Ten, uh, sophomores against seniors, not a problem. And you're talking about fifth-year and sixth-year seniors out there too. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure there will be a transition period, and her game, maybe she's not going to average 30 points, but um, you know, she, will, she will fit in nicely. And then you mentioned the marketing piece too. I mean, I had some friends uh, reach out to the uh, – fever a month ago making a season ticket inquiry and they they got a call back within 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably doing it for an investment right yeah but uh, i think yeah that's uh, that's going to be the hype uh, certainly around that team and um there'll be people tuned in for sure because um you know that's a, a really good basketball um area and uh, it's a good place to visit and i'm sure hawkeye fans and other Big Ten fans will uh, make that make that trip, and I think what you mentioned that, that will be the interesting piece too. Is um, okay. How does the game translate to, to the pro level? Yeah, and from the standpoint of, of growing that league too, I, I think they, they need to add. You know, they, they, one there's just not enough teams yet to really uh, grow that. I know I think San Francisco's maybe adding a team, and there, there, there's some others now, and this this can help. You, you start getting more players that are more popular, and um, right now there's a there's a really good group of college players, right? When you think about Paige Beckers, you think about Angel Reese, all these players that are getting good publicity right now, and there's others, of course, um, all of a sudden they start playing pro ball with some of these other legends, and and maybe that will help. And the other thing you mentioned about uh, her game translating, I wasn't sure, and then the Big Ten Basketball Media Day was in Minneapolis last October, and I went, and you're right, TV does not do justice to Caitlin Clark, because I remember then going up uh, to the podium and I'm like man she's tall like like you don't realize how she's all a six feet right I mean, and that's a good mm-hmm. size yeah. for a guard and then she's toned I mean she's she's not you know you're not going to mistake her for a weightlifter like a power lifter in the Olympics but she's also not this little pipsqueak that maybe I think some people watch on TV and you know she gets bounced around teams try to get physical with her and they're like well you know she's strong I mean you can tell with those step back 35 footers it takes just a flip of the wrist Th- that one hand pass the other day that she threw 
through to, I think it was Molly Davis early in that game at the barn. Um, there, I don't know if there's 15 players in the country that off the dribble can just flip the ball like that 45 feet down court, a perfect strike. So she's got those things that that translates at any level, right? She's worked really hard in the weight room the last two years and um, put on muscle and um, it has made her stronger and uh, to be able to withstand all that contact. And um, next time anybody that's listening is in a gym, just go out to 40 feet and uh, grab a basketball and see what it takes to get that ball up on the rim like that with that much ease. Um, then, uh, then think about it for a while because yeah, that right. takes some no, no doubt. Yeah, I've, I've, I think her game translates 100% uh, just watching how she plays. And I, like you said, a little underrated, I think, athletically. She's so fast with the ball and can do so many different things. All right, uh, real quickly, Big Ten tournament in Minneapolis next week. You'll be back up here, Rob, for that. Um, Iowa has a last regular season game. Can't win the Big Ten now. Uh, Ohio State, and they've been really good, have, have cinched that. But the Hawkeyes host the Buckeyes Sunday, and hopefully for them, that's a tune-up then for next Next week, what's uh, you remember last year? Uh, that that maybe kind of was the the next step in that Caitlin Clark effect with the the record setting attendance and all those Hawkeye fans coming north. Uh, what's your anticipation for the uh, tournament this week? Uh, this coming week, I should say, that is uh, now a pre tourney sellout. Yeah, it's uh, it was a great experience uh, last year. Of course, uh, the Hawkeyes um, ended up winning that and uh, took care of Ohio State easily in the championship game. And yeah, you want to. Um, certainly uh, head into the tournament. I got a chance or revenge against Ohio State. College game day will be there. Of course, uh, tickets are going for, um, you know, several hundred dollars just to get in. So it was kind of the same scenario as last year. Indiana came in at number two in the country. Ohio State does that. And I think um, one thing for Iowa, too, as far as um, the Big Ten tournament, I think they'll get the number two seed if they win, three if they lose, and that matters. And you're on that um, that first game on Friday night versus uh, the second game, but uh, the buzz will be there. Uh, they'll uh, they'll call it uh, Carver North. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. And uh, hopefully spend the whole weekend, and then uh, of course host uh, the NCAA tournament. But Minneapolis has been a great area for this tournament. This is a now back to back years um, for the women, and I think everybody has um, really enjoyed it. Uh, the downtown area it's uh, been buzzing and. Uh, Target Center does a, a phenomenal job. It's a great venue. So uh, everybody's uh, certainly looking forward to it and uh, certainly want to stay for four days. Yeah, it, it'll be fun next week. We'll see you up here next week. I'll be over uh, just kind of milling around and showing my face. So I'll come and, <laughs> I'll come and bug you. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Rob. Always great. Uh, man, it, it's been fun uh, watching and listening to all your calls on all these record setters, and we'll see if there's some more uh, yet to go and see how this Hawkeye team finishes up. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. My thanks to Iowa women's basketball radio voice Rob Brooks and, of course, Gopher women's radio voice Justin Gard as they broke down the women's basketball scene with me here on this week's Go Gopher podcast. Should be a fun week at the Target Center for Gopher and Hawkeye and Big Ten women's basketball. Episode 110 is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. 
We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned, full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Again, I'd invite you to go to Past Podcast, and please be sure to click that subscribe button right now. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week. Oh, 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 oh